0: Hi, I'm Einar from Leprous and you're listening to Sonic Perspectives.
1: Welcome everybody, this is Scott Medina with Sonic Perspectives. We are really excited for a new album coming out from Leprous and to have Einar on the phone here with us. Uh, great to be able to talk with you Einar, how are you today?
2: Yeah,
0: Likewise, uh, good to talk to you too. I'm, uh, I'm doing very well. just came from a quite long uh, mountain hike today, uh, so I've uh, been out in the nature today. <laughs> uh, so. Nice, nice. You have uh, some good surroundings there, huh? Yeah, definitely where I live now. I moved out to, from Oslo like uh, a while back. So now I live much closer to. I mean, there is nature in Oslo too, but not that m- many mountains. You
2: know.
0: Right, right. I mean, that's...
1: Yeah, I live in Boulder, Colorado, and we're just surrounded by beauty here. And
0: uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Colorado
1: is definitely the place for.
0: for Ike's as well.
1: Yeah, it's so wonderful, so great. I'm, I'm glad you're getting inspired in that way. <laughs> wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So let let's uh, let's dip in. For, first of all, Aphelion, is, is that the right pronunciation for the album? Yeah, I believe so.
0: I, I didn't, uh, <laughs> I didn't check it out properly, to be honest.
1: Uh, <laughs> well, it so- sounds good to me. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's quite the album title. It really carries a mysterious, enigmatic sense to it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's um, uh, in the beginning we wanted the album to be called Adapt, but uh, because that was kind of the meaning we went for, but uh, it doesn't really sound very interesting. <laughs> so, yeah. so, so, so uh, we just went <laughs> for something um, more interesting sounding and put the meaning behind it. Right, <laughs> just. Uh, <laughs> Right. But could could you share
1: a little bit about what that means for for people who may not have looked it up yet?
0: Uh, so I mentioned, um, uh, so I feel a feeling is uh, like when you're basically the sun is farthest farthest away from uh, basically mm-hmm. uh, and um, which you can put into that uh, whenever light, uh, the light is furthest away than um, there are still things you can do, basically, and that's where that uh, adapt words come comes into play, and and um, that's it, basically. Um, so uh, you adapt uh, instead of thinking about uh, that you wish that you were much closer to the light and much uh, everything was much easier. You just adapt and you do whatever you can with with what
1: you have, basically. Yeah, sounds really fitting for the past year that we've all been through. Uh,
0: Exactly, exactly. That's uh, where it came from. Yeah.
1: And it sounds like the album itself was recorded sporadically in, in different studios over the past year.
0: Yeah, exactly. It, it was. And um, in the beginning, we didn't really plan to make an album out of this. Uh, it was just um, we had a couple of songs that we were planning to, to build an EP around. Uh, and. Uh, and we started m- m- composing some more and fixing some old songs that uh, needed uh, fixing uh, before before we could present them. And and um, and then COVID happened. Uh, so suddenly this we had no touring coming up, no nothing basically. So we had to suddenly a lot of time on our hands for composing and for. For doing music in a different way than performing live, so uh, we at some point uh, during this uh, last uh, summer we decided to make a proper album out of this, and we just kind of did uh, did the album kind of day by day and and built it that way. And and the reason why we did different studios is that the our the studio where we've recorded our last albums uh, is. Uh, goes towards studios in in uh, Stockholm uh, or fascination Street or whatever you call it. It's just uh, and um, and um, we were not allowed to go there anymore because of the pandemic. So we just had to check out some places here in Norway. And we've heard a lot of about Ocean Sound Studios, for example. So we went there to do one song first, a Castaway Angel song, and and then. Yeah, we fell in love with that studio, did some more songs there. Then we wanted to try out Satabatic Studios which is also a studio we heard really positive things about so we went and recorded a song there and some uh, drums for a couple of other songs and so uh, so it was just like kind of a, a relatively relaxed process I would say compared to before mm-hmm. because it was just like yeah let's we'll just build this album gradually instead of doing everything in one process. We had like 10 smaller separate processes. Wow. Yeah. And what inspired you to give us
1: the song Castaway Angels over half a year ago as a kind of like a standalone
0: song there? Uh, because uh, like at that point we had decided that it would be an album, but we didn't decide that when we decided to release it as a single uh Castaway Angels was kind of the decisive song for that okay but now we're, this is starting to look like something that could develop potentially into an album uh so but we'll just release Castaway Angels uh as a kind of a corona treat yes <laughs> like uh, to to give people something new to listen to uh, during the especially um I believe that time last year was a pretty tough time for many people. It was uh, uh, before they had <laughs> the vaccines had started mm-hmm. uh, working, and and um, and um, at least here in Norway, it was uh, quite uh, one of the worst periods, at least. And and even though, of course, the pandemic never hit Norway as hard as it hit many other more populated places, but but still. Um, uh, it, it was a kind of difficult time. So it was a, a good, we just like, okay, let's just go for it and, and just be more, do things a bit different than before, instead of that having this typical, like have a few singles, then it's the album. And then, so we, there was, it was when we released uh, Castaway Angels, there were still several songs for the album that wasn't finished yet. And some songs hadn't even been written at that point, you know, mm. so, Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, it certainly was an appreciated gift It's such a beautiful song that that was wonderful to come out last winter. So thank you for that. Yeah,
2: thank you. Yeah, thank you. it's a
0: relatively warm song to uh, get to having the cold months. Indeed. Uh, (laughs)
1: Indeed. Yeah. So it sounds overall like uh, you know the impact of COVID and everything that actually. For your recording process, it sounds like that actually helped because you had a more relaxed, relaxed, spacious time. You didn't have to worry about touring or things
0: like that, right? Yeah. And, and it was uh, it was good to try one album like that, basically, uh, to, to just where you just do things in different way, where you just don't have any pressure on you whatsoever. You just you, know, you just go and have fun in the studio and whatever happens happens and we did a lot of stuff together in the studio that we haven't we've never done before it's always been like kind of okay now it's drums and then it's usually just me and bar there for example and it's uh, bass and then and then it's uh, guitars so like everything like layered mm-hmm. one thing after another and then you build an album this way but here was just like each song was built in a completely a different way. Like some songs were recorded more or less live together in the studio. Other songs were were um, <laughs> recorded in three different studios. Uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, so, so yeah, it, it was. Uh, I would say COVID um, had, in a way, a positive impact uh, on on our creativity because. Uh, yeah, you had more time on your on hands, and, and suddenly you were forced out of your regular routine. And I think uh, uh, routines are never that great for creativity, <laughs> for, mm-hmm. for for me at least. So, so you you had to kind of spend this time doing something meaningful. And I believe we will see a lot of uh, uh, albums coming out in the <laughs> in the time to come uh, mm-hmm. from from bands.
1: Right. Right. So, Ophelion and Pitfalls both uh, transmit a very personal accounts of your struggle with anxiety and depression. How is that journey reflected differently in these two different albums?
0: So, where Pitfalls is in the more early stages of discovering that you're struggling with it, it's, it's kind of panicking a bit and not in acceptance with the situation whatsoever a uh, feeling is um it's on a much later stage when you've gotten to work a lot with it and and gotten further and gotten to accept the fact that it's something you probably have to live with for during your life but that is something that gradually fades more and more in, in the background but of course there are some uh, uh, I also, some of the songs I'm singing about some setbacks, you know, that you have when you thought that, okay, everything is going so well now and perfect, great, like uh, uh, that it's almost in like a distant memory that you felt that bad, you know, and then suddenly you take some wrong turns and then you find yourself back there again. But then, but then, so, so there are some setbacks, but at the same time, uh, it's, it's a much later stage in, in dealing with the problems, uh, so I would say that Aphelion uh, feeling definitely have more light in it. It has yeah. more light, uh, and uh, so um, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. A song like "On Hold" really goes almost mm. into like a diary-like account, right?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's quite interesting because that song I actually wrote during the pitfalls period. Ah. Uh, so, so, but uh, but it fit perfectly in uh, in the cons. I mean, there is not that we really have a concept there, but uh, it fits very well in uh, together with the songs because that's one thing that uh, people often have this Disney version of how. Uh, anxiety or depression works, that it's just like, okay, and then he battled it, and then he got out of it, and then everything, and he lived happily ever after, you know, it doesn't work like that. It's just like, Mm -hmm. it's a gradual process. And sometimes you will fail and come back in the same patterns, but but you still slowly but steadily get better if you make the right choices, basically. And and it's very fitting, I think, for the COVID uh, times. Mm. <laughs> I think many people felt they were on hold. Uh, right. Uh, this This year. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. There's uh, there's also such musical
1: diversity here. You know, even sometimes within the same song themselves. Like all the moments starts off mm-hmm. with a, It starts like with this almost classic rock vibe with a slide guitar. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's this hypnotic verse. And then you go into the chorus, but then it like suddenly takes a, a drastically different direction with this extended middle section of like balladry there.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh
0: And and that's uh, that's a very interesting song, uh, I think too, because uh, that song was uh, when we built a skeleton for that song, we had no plans on 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 writing. Or recording something, which we just had one and a half day extra in the studio after Castaway Angels so we just okay let's just see what we can come up with and we just record something something we just like just just needs to be a skeleton and it can just be in different sequences and we don't need to record anything as a whole thing and and then we just recorded some sequences uh, um, and and then I uh, I started getting some plan in my head of where to take this, and I, at quite early stage I realized okay I want this first verse to be kind of grungy kind of uh, flow flowing like uh, with with some the vocal lines in major scale, uh, and then I want the second verse to be. Uh, Completely improvised melancholic piano. Where I, uh, the only similarity with the previous verse is uh, that uh, the vocal lines are pretty much the same, except that I sing them in minor uh, mm. sc- scale. So, mm. so, so that was kind of an idea that I had in my head, and I was just like, and then I came back uh, like a couple of weeks later to kind of uh, sew uh, everything together and put it together as a. Uh, as a song, and uh, so, and and that's how that song was built. So, it's kind of started out with more or less being improvised, and then you kind of just build it into and make the structures later, mm-hmm. basically. Wow. Uh, but uh, so, it was the first time I've kind of had some idea in my head like that, and the only place the, I, the idea existed was just in my head, basically. <laughs> so it was uh, so uh, and so. It was uh, very interesting to work like that. Ah, that's fascinating. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. the uh, mm-hmm. The
1: song "Nighttime Disguise" is such an intense way to close the album, and uh, even sees you descending into the growl vocals at, at the end again.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was my choice actually. Uh, that, <laughs> that was uh, the song that we wrote together with uh, uh, our fans. Where they gave so we had this project in the studio where we um, invited the fans, so they kind of bought tickets to partake in almost one week long live stream of us composing and recording a completely new song, but where they uh, through a poll that we sent them in advance gave us the parameters for like the time signature, the, <laughs> the kind of vocal style, the dynamics, the, the, the key, the tempo, and, and all the instrumentation. Uh, and, and, and then we were, like, had to work with these parameters that they gave us uh, and to try to make a song out of it uh, in, while everybody was watching us in real time while we did it. Uh, so it was uh, actually a twenty four seven stream going for six days. Uh, where they just of course we were not active in all the twenty four hours, obviously, but the cameras were still on in the, the recording room and the control room. Uh, so uh, but um uh, so so it was a super interesting experience, like so you kind of have to take all this super random, uh, parameters that of course you get when so many different people are voting it becomes quite random
2: mm-hmm.
0: uh, and then you try to make something out of with that many restrictions basically so so it had there that I had to use all my vocal styles including screaming so that's okay uh, <laughs> so <laughs> I guess I have to then uh, so uh, and so, but then we find a place that we actually really like to have it so, so it was to find that sweet spot that we did, and we followed whatever uh, parameters they set for us. But uh, we actually st- really liked it ourselves. So we had to find that sweet spot somewhere. So mm-hmm. I think, uh, yeah, we got it.
1: somehow. that's such an amazing project. I, I absolutely love it. How many uh, fans mm-hmm. did you have on that?
0: There were a few hundred people participating on that project, Uh, uh, so so uh, it was a quite like it was of course a project for the more really hardcore core fans in as it's like um, it's a very time consuming thing for someone to in the middle of work week and everything (laughs) to to participate in something like that. It's so it was just like. Uh, but it was definitely some like uh, uh, some hundred people uh, who, mm-hmm. who were partaking in this uh, project and and we had this like uh for the for the vips there we had this 24 uh, 7 Z- zoom session going too so they were like kind of talking quite a lot with us directly asking us questions here and there and 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 uh, so uh so it was a really like uh really different type of project.
1: Yeah, wow. Well, it certainly paid off. I think that's one of the highlights on the album. It's just an incredible piece. So, well done. Oh, thanks, thanks. Well done, under
0: pressure. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, thanks. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it was, uh, I wouldn't say they helped us, uh, In the, they just made everything much more difficult, but at, in that <laughs> way you get become really concentrated mm-hmm. on making something cool. And the most hard part of it, I think, was to write in three different keys in, in one songs that has nothing to do with it with each other hmm. because people voted for three different keys and the keys they that was like uh, I think it was uh, B minor uh, E flat minor and <laughs> F sharp or G flat uh, uh, like a minor yeah uh, and and they have like. They don't fit together whatsoever. So <laughs> I remember I spent so much time in trying to modulate from one to another. And then I came to aha, the only way to glue this together to make it into a proper song is to 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 only modulate to the chorus and then modulate back again to the original key on the on the verse again. And mm-hmm. when it comes back to the second verse, and then to modulate again to a new key on the second chorus. So that's kind of what we did. And I spent quite a lot of time to try to make it sounding effortless uh, right. because, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it does. You'd
1: have no idea. That's incredible. Uh, uh, thanks. Yeah, uh, I saw you said that you felt the, uh, the first single, Running Low, could easily unite your old and new fan base. Could you talk a little bit about how you see those
0: two different groups of fans? Yeah, um, of course there are a lot of in between fans we don't like, and there is a lot of old fans who love our new stuff, for example, as well, and and also some new fans who love our old stuff. So it's just like yeah, you don't really have it. it's yeah, we cannot kind of, that it's kind of a bit simplified, of course, to say that we have the new fans and the old fans and they are uh, having mm-hmm. very different preferences because it doesn't necessarily work like that. But but uh, uh, we do have. Uh, a fan base who really wants Leprous to be a prog metal band. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, like, I have to be honest and say that none of us from Leprous listen that much to prog metal. Uh, uh, we started out as a prog metal band and, and I still f- like to be in that genre because it feels quite free in, in what we can do and everything and and but um, but for us to kind of, it's never been a thing to try to please uh, the old school fans and try to be whatever someone wants us to be. So we always just wanted to to make the music that we want to make. But I think due to the nature of how this album was written, it's kind of so free and loose and and, and it, I think it's definitely something for every type of leprous fan in there, uh even though maybe some people will never come to that point where they will admit that because uh it's not old enough but uh (laughs) some people for some people it's more about that it's old than that than it being good you know Mm -hmm. uh so so um but um the reason why i think it can be unifying album is because it's has a lot of verse, uh, versatility uh, like it's a very versatile album uh, that kind of covers a lot of the ground and showcases in a quite good way what leprous is about, what we do as a band. Mm-hmm. And running low is definitely like uh, uh, should be uh, it, it has some of that darkness uh, that leprous used to have before, but at the same time, it's accessible enough uh, to to work for the people who don't like our most proggy type of uh, things from the... But but then again, um, I, I also feel there is a, a misconception about prog, because people often think that prog is when you make the most obvious changes, uh, like in your music and very sudden, very extreme changes. Whereas I feel there is more art in making the changes in the music more subtle. And and so that it takes more time for the listener to actually notice that, aha, this is what's going on here. I didn't notice that right away. And and it's it's basically everything that goes on, all the details, they're more subtle. They don't it's not so flashy.
2: Yeah,
1: the, uh, the strings carry such an important role throughout this album. Uh, just especially with Raphael on the cello and then you also have mm-hmm. Chris on the violin. How, how much do you account for the string section in your head while you are uh, songwriting?
0: Uh, I like most of the stuff on the and I already, except on, on Have You Ever, that was uh, Simon who did the string arrangement. Um, but on the other songs, uh, I already had everything more or less uh, uh planned out and i sent them the, sh- the sheets to, so they could uh, record it uh, more or less as i had it uh, composed uh, and arranged uh, uh, except for the running low solo where uh, rafael got uh, got to completely make his own solo and do his own thing that's how i went about it it's become more and more natural for me to just always include strings uh, instead of Sometimes I replace the keywords with strings for example because I always been I really love st- string sections and I love the it has a very emotional strength to it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, will uh, he be coming back out on the road with you?
0: Rafael? Yes. Yeah, 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 definitely when we will be touring, yeah, I'm sure that he will uh, but it's he Rafael always just mainly joins us on tours and on albums uh, because he we live on different continents so it's a bit difficult to do one off shows to fly over all the way mm-hmm. to norway or somewhere else in europe just for a, for a one off show but um but all the tours we did since 2017 uh he has been a part of
1: yeah yeah and speaking of touring You know, considering your vocal range and how much you push it, how do you take care of your voice when you're out on the road?
0: What you need, uh, what I realized, uh, and this only works, of course, if you don't get sick. If you get sick, then it's a different uh, story. But uh, if you manage to to not get sick, which doesn't happen very often, maybe (laughs) now with the new routines we've all gotten with the the anti-wack and Yeah, (laughs) and not uh, having so much uh, physical contact with people. Uh, And uh, but um, uh, so what I normally uh, do is that I take at least three weeks before a tour to get my voice properly in shape. So and then it's no technique or anything. Then it's just like, I just gradually get my voice used to doing a full leper show. Uh, so I kind of sing a full leper show every second day, for example, for for three weeks.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and when I then go on tour, uh, my voice already has the stamina that I need uh, to to go ahead and, and 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 do all these shows in a row. And then and then I should be fine. If I also do the warm-up exercises before the show, which can be like I would say minimum minimum fifteen minutes, maximum forty-five, depending a bit on how my voice works. Mm -hmm. Uh, um, And then I do just a kind of a gradual warm-up where I gradually go uh, increase the intensity.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Well, I I hope you don't get sick too often in (laughs) the future uh, (laughs) touring. That must be a real struggle.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a struggle, but it's a struggle that I'm very used to. And I have some techniques in how to still being able to go through with the show, you know. So there's there's always a way to to make the show go on. Yeah, yeah. I
1: I think a, a lot of fans, you know, since you're the primary one playing keyboards or bringing in these string ideas, uh, I think a lot of people have the idea that a lot of the newer material is, is is really focused on you. And I'm curious how much the other band members relate. You know, you've got two guitarists and bassist, a drummer in the band. So how much how do they relate to the more of the keyboard textures coming in and the strings and the arrangements and all of that?
0: Uh, like, it, it has very little to like, I've been the, the main composer of Leprous for quite a long time. Uh, and I would say that if you compare the new album to an album like the congregation, for example, I had a much more, a more dominant role on the congregation than what I had right now. Mm. Uh, of course, I had the dominant role now as well, because I, I, I'm the main songwriter but uh, back then I, I kind of rolled more or less all the guitar parts exactly finished how I wanted to have them. Uh, and the, even quite a lot many of the drum parts quite many of the bass parts. Uh, exactly how I wanted it to be. Uh, But um, now uh, there is a much bigger freedom to for the members to kind of do their thing. So it's typical that uh, and I play with very experienced people uh, who are super experienced and the common thing for very experienced people is usually they have don't have this super big need to always show what they can do at every single section you know so it's uh, it's uh, they tend to to make choices that are to serve the song and not to serve their own ego you know so so it's it's always about the song and if there is any need for a, a guitar section or a guitar riff Someone will do a guitar if there is no if there is no need for it, will not do it just for the sake of it, just because it's boring to not play, basically. So everything needs to be there to serve the song. Yeah, brilliant.
1: Brilliant. And I see right before the album comes out, you're you just announced you're actually doing a live stream of of a live performance of the album. Is that right?
0: That will be quite interesting. Uh hmm. And uh, we started rehearsing uh, and we have still quite a lot more rehearsing to do before we can go on that stage and and do it. And it will be a thing we've never done before to live stream an album before it's even out. Mm. Uh, So it's uh, it's a bit scary, of course, for us, but uh, hopefully we'll pull through and Make it happen.
1: Yeah, that that's really innovative. Is there any live audience there, or is it all a studio uh, experience? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. There will be some live audience there. I don't know how many will, but I guess at least like 100, 150, maybe even two hundred, mm. depending a bit on the on the situation mm. uh, at that point. But
1: yeah. Well, well, I thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. Just it's a fascinating process you guys are in. It's an incredible album uh, that you've come. Thank out you with. so much and uh, i'm sure yeah fans new and old <laughs> will will be loving yeah. it i have
0: no no doubt that's awesome thank you so much man i really appreciate the interview and have a have a nice day in colorado
1: yeah thanks we'll um we'll close with by playing the the silent revelation in full is there anything you want to just set up uh, to talk about that piece
0: yeah uh, the silent revelation is quite interesting because It was um, it was uh, made out of leftover parts from pitfalls, basically. Mm. Uh, And uh, uh, so we wrote a song that was also called kind of I think it was also called The Silent Revelation for pitfalls, but we're not happy with it. We're just happy with a few sections. So we threw away a big, big part of the song. We kept the verses and we kept the drums. Uh, and then we built everything else from scratch again and uh, and uh, ended up being really happy with some. So, you know, we've never done anything like that before. So that was a very exciting way to... It was one of those times when you cook a uh, leftover dinner and it ends up tasting really good. <laughs> you know, when you just mix the leftovers you have.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, brilliant. That, that's excellent. All right, thanks. We'll cue we'll that up for everyone to listen to and uh, hope to catch you out on tour later at the end of the year. Awesome. Well, cheers. Thanks for listening to this podcast, everyone. Hope you enjoyed it. And we invite you to subscribe to Sonic Perspectives YouTube channels and follow us on Facebook and Twitter for the latest news interviews and reviews and we are going to close our time now by playing that track you just heard about this is the silent revelation
2: At the confrontation, the silent revelation.